Hi, good morning, good morning. It's Brenda Shoshana Eshen. I'm back today with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. <clears throat> and, and, and today we're going to focus upon relationships, Zen and relationships. Usually Zen is thought of as a very <clears throat> solitary activity. Even though we have a community which is called the Sangha, who come together to sit together, on the outside it looks like a very solitary activity. We come in, we don't look at each other, we don't talk to each other. We bow, put our two palms together and we bow, we incline gently as a way to acknowledge the other's presence and say thank you. Thank you for being here with me. But we don't, that's it. <laughs> Before we start to sit, <clears throat> we come in and that's it. We're, this is not a social activity in the normal sense of the word or and in the normal sense of relationship. We usually think of relationships as social. <clears throat> there are certain things to say. There are certain things to do. We look a certain way. We smile. Even if we're very sad, we look happy. We put a smile on our face. <clears throat> We do what's expected of us in a social way. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, that is not the basis of relationships in Zen practice. Thank God. <laughs> and so let me just describe the beautiful, wonderful experience of entering the Zendo. And I think this tells us a great, great deal about the nature of relationships in Zen practice. So you come to the Zendo, <clears throat> the door opens at exactly a certain moment. It's not always open. You can come in just whenever you feel like it and begin to talk to somebody there. <laughs> not like that at all, no. Time is precious, and another person's time is precious too. So you know exactly what time the door opens. And sometimes people would stand out online waiting for the door to open or stand out in front of the zendo. So it opens usually for a designated period of time, half an hour maybe. And then at the end of that period, say open till 7 o'clock. Okay, the, the practice will begin then at 7.15 or whatever, but at 7 o'clock, <clears throat> precisely, exactly at 7 o'clock, the door shuts, locks, closes, done. If you come at one minute after 7, you cannot get in. Now you think, well, that's rigid. What is that? That's mean. I remember people coming on the subway from downtown. There was, they say there was traffic. The subway was delayed. All a million excuses come pouring out. But when the door is locked, it's locked. When the time is over, it's over. And one learns to respect that. And, of course, <clears throat> to leave quite a bit of extra time to get there. If you really want to get in, <laughs> if you really want to sit with others that night. I think now that is such a fascinating paradigm 
Because usually if we don't get what we want, we'll blame this one, blame that one. Oh, they're mean, they're cruel, they're rigid. No, no, no. <clears throat> the, the practice of Zen is really, it's a semblance of life. When the moment comes, that's the moment. When it passes, it passes. When the moment comes for a baby to be born, that baby is born. When the moment comes to pass away, we pass away. We can't even delay it, even if we want to. Now you'll say, well, wait a minute. We can delay it. There are machines. There's tubes. There's all kinds of medication. But on the ultimate level, on the ultimate level, when that moment comes, even if you're on machines and have tubes and do what you can do, there is a moment that you pass away and a moment that you are born and a moment that you grow up, a moment that you see what life is or what it isn't. The different moments, many moments, different moments. So here in Zen practice, we deeply respect time. Our time, the time of those who are running the Zendo, taking care of the Zendo, and we deeply respect one another because our lives are largely made up of time, moments, precious moments, passing, passing. So in the Zendo, that's what this practice is about. It's about recognizing how, pre how precious, precious life is, time is, our breath is, things that we don't usually pay attention to outside. And, it, and honoring it, respecting it, being with it fully. You know, when you are with one moment fully, with one breath fully, with one encounter with a human, another person fully, really there fully, there's such a sense of happiness, satisfaction, completion. It's quite a fascinating phenomenon. <clears throat> We're not avoiding our life. We're not escaping it. We're not avoiding time. We're not avoiding each other. So let me continue now about entering the Zendo. Now when you come, the door opens, time to go in, time to practice, time to interact. There's someone standing at the door. I'm describing practice the way I was raised or trained in a, in a very beautiful Japanese Rinzai Zendo. So anyway, there was, there was always a doorman, which meant a student at the door taking the role of the doorman, or that was his or her job for the evening. Different people would receive that job, and that job itself became their practice for the evening. Very, very interesting and beautiful. Beautiful. So there the person is standing there, at the door. They're, they're doing zazen, standing zazen, meaning often they're just looking down, standing very still, paying attention to their body, their breath, to the, be focused on standing, just standing. So a student comes in and they bow often to one another, put their hands together and bow. You're acknowledging that person, welcome. But not a word is said. Not a word is said. Welcome. Also, the doorman isn't going to look at you to scrutinize you. How do you look tonight? How are things going? Are you happy? Are you sad? If you're sad, you can come in just as you are sad. 
bow to him and continue forward. You don't have to put a false face on. You don't have to cheer him up or her up. You don't have to do any of those things. You just have to enter and bow to one another. And then you take off your shoes, which I think we spoke about that process in another talk. We'll talk about it again for sure. And go upstairs to change into your robe. Everyone wears a robe. And why is that? Because this way we can't look at someone and try to figure out who are they. Are they rich? Are they poor? Are they fashionable? Are they unfashionable? Who are they? Where do they work? What do they do? All of that goes away. No, 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 none of that. We don't distinguish one another in that external way. So a person goes upstairs to the dressing room. And again, whoever you meet upstairs in the dressing room and in the hall, where the Dharma hall, you could bow to them. But nobody's talking or looking at each other. <clears throat> You're given all the space in the world you need to be who you are at that moment in time. And you give others that acknowledgement. You're there, but you give them that space as well. Sometimes you see someone who you feel particularly close to and warm towards fine but you bow to them the same exact way as you would to someone you don't feel that close to or you're not that connected to it doesn't matter one person isn't getting a lot of attention and the other one not no attention everyone performs the same activity together we acknowledge them we greet them and we go about basically paying attention to this moment we put our robe on to what's going on inside here. We walk downstairs. So there's no social exchange whatsoever. Quietly go to the cushion, the next available cushion, and sit down. And everybody else does exactly the same thing. So the Zendom, some nights it was so full, filled up with others, many people with you, sitting, same posture, back straight. Focusing within, quiet, but very present, very present. You felt them so strongly there with you, much, much more strongly than if you were jabbering, talking blah, 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 at each other. All sitting in the silence together. Oh, my goodness. Such a powerful feeling of each other. My goodness such a bond. Where is it coming from? You know, I had the great blessing. I would have to just say blessing of sitting beside my teacher for so many years. I go early in the morning, no one would be there. And if I came very early, I would often get to sit either next to him or very close to him. And his energy, his presence, who he really was, permeated so strongly mm. and mine did too so together together such a sense of being alone and being together at the same time and I don't mean alone but being with oneself 
Because when we speak about Zen practice and about life itself, I would say our first and most crucial relationship is with ourselves. And what that is, is something that's a whole other topic. So many times we use relationships to avoid, to avoid ourselves, to avoid looking within, being with ourselves, welcoming our own breath, our own thoughts, whatever they are, and letting them go, knowing who is this one right here sitting in the cushion, on the cushion. Meeting ourselves on the cushion, just silently being present for ourselves. That's not something we really are taught to do in life or have the space often to do. So many demands on us, our friends, our children, the phone, the job, our spouse, our partner, on and on, on and on. And always figuring out in relationships, when we, when we study relationships in the world, on and on and on, we're studying how to be, how to act, how not to act, how to find love, how to keep love how to not be hurt, how not to hurt others. There's such a preoccupation, almost an obsession upon someone else and how we are with them and how we're not with them. And it's actually, it can be a way of avoiding real relationship, real connection, real love. And I use that word very carefully. It's a whole other topic. In fact, soon I will segue and do and, and, and have the podcast enter this area of Zen and love and what love really is, what it isn't, how to live in love. This is a very fundamental part of Zen practice, and I would like to address it. Because as we sit there in the zendo, oh my goodness, one feels so loved, so cared for, and strangely enough, so recognized and known, and also as if we so know the other. Wow, what's going on? (laughs) That's a good question. That's a koan. It's a koan. What's going on? This is the opposite uh, of everything that I thought about relationships, about connection, about loneliness, about togetherness. It's the opposite. We sit. We don't move. We don't look at anyone. (laughs) We look down. We don't close our eyes. We're not going into a dream, but we look down. What's happening that we feel so bonded now, I'm not saying there aren't people that, that we might have friction with. We feel some friction none, for no reason, really. I mean, sometimes we'll feel it for a few sittings and then it goes away and we feel love or we feel different feelings coming up towards others in the Zen. That we, it's easy to see that something we're projecting ourselves onto them has nothing to do with them, nothing at all. That's quite an amazing moment to realize that. And it's an amazing moment when all of those projections, demands, needs, so-called needs, so-called needs and expectations float away. And we can't help but think, oh my goodness, is this what I really need? Is this all I need? The silence, 
to sit together in the silence, to be, to share the silence, to share the moment, to each of us be rooted in ourselves, willing to be deeply in touch with ourselves, and then inevitably, are we then inevitably in touch with everyone else? Wonderful questions, wonderful, and very, very important now, especially at this time in the evolution of our country, of ourselves, and of the world. What does it really mean to be together? We must understand this on a much deeper level and begin to really, really embark fully on the original relationship, our original relationship with our true, deep, endless profound and loving self. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. Um, the URL, as you know, is zenwisdomtoday.com. And if you wish to contact me, you're welcome to do so, topspeaker at yahoo.com. And I, I, on Sunday, November 14th, I believe it is, I'm planning to offer an hour-and-a-half workshop on this matter on Zen and koans, making your everyday life into a koan, and particular making your relationship into a koan, into Zen practice. So if you're interested in, in joining the workshop or finding out more about it, please contact me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. It will be on Zoom because we're still Zooming, Zooming, Zooming so much. And yet we can be, and yet we're always very connected together, each other. Okay, have a really, really beautiful day. Bye. See you soon.